ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar. Here now are The Killer Bees, Jill Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. He's Blank on Branham. We are at Wakefield Crowbar enjoying a wild Wednesday, the Wednesday special all day, uh, You can even during the Astros game. 25% boneless wings, $3 white tee shots, $5 Michelob Ultras, and a $29 high noon bucket Wednesday special. Still a, an hour left of happy hour, 2 to 6 Monday through Friday, 2 to 6 uh, weekdays. 50-cent uh, boneless wings, $3 Modelo big beer, lemon drop shots, green tea shots, specialty pizzas, high noon bucket. It is fantastic. It is all very good. This is your spot to hang out, happy hour, every day. Enjoy the daily specials, uh, Astros, Texas, whatever. They, also, they don't have uh, covers for fight nights. How, how many places don't have a cover for UFC, for big boxing fights? Wakefield Crowbar does not. That's why it's one of the very best in all of town. 25-cent wings is just amazing. It's, 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 it's just, they're losing money there. And it's a fantastic deal for you. Days. So, yeah, I know people aren't concerned about if they're losing money, but what you gain is something that you, it's going to be hard to find elsewhere. It's a fantastic deal. Plus, you get these massive TVs and, and this great environment. And if you want to burn off some of your uh, indulgence, you can get out there on the volleyball court. Yeah. What position would you play if you were a volleyball player? Libero? What is that? Libero. Libero is the one that wears the different colored jersey. The setter? In the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're more of a – I think they do set, but I think they're more of like a digger, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They do a lot of the pancakes. What's the pancake? The dive. Oh, the, yeah. The dive where you try to use the yeah. back of your yeah. hand and pop yeah. it. Yeah. Probably not an outside blocker. I, I, I mean, I can spike the, the volleyball. Can I you can't. jump that high? Yeah. How, how, how's your serve game, you think? Oh, I got good serve. Knuckleball. I, I can make it knuckle. Oh. All right. I'll tell you this. If we played like three-on-three three volleyball – yeah, would dominate the rest of the station. Um, I was. Can you imagine the, the the surface coverage area for Lance? Not much. I don't no. think he can move a whole lot. He's well, plus, he's going to break something. Him and, John, something yeah. him and John couldn't cover much. Dell wouldn't try. I, I like Dell would not try. I like Granado going up and down from the volleyball court, but probably not like setting or spiking. Yep. I think he'd have a sandy or two, but I don't know how well he'd fare on the volleyball court. I was a I was a ringer at water volleyball. That was my jam. I was great at water volleyball. All right, Houston Texans. They're doing some things this year. Um, C.J. Stroud, betting favorite to be the rookie of the year. I've seen D'Amico Ryan's name come up as a potential head coach of the year. I mean, how is it not? The exactly. Texans are 3-3. Three and three. They won 11 games in the last three years. They get to the playoffs, uh, there's a really good chance D'Amico Ryan's is the coach of the year. Texans being a playoff team is a topic of conversation. Whether you believe it or you don't, it is a topic of conversation. And the Cleveland Browns right now, they're 3-2. and two. They're, they're a top-7 team in the AFC. They're a playoff team of the season we're in today. And it looks like they're going to get Watson back at some point in the next few weeks. I think it's more short-term than long-term, although I doubt that he plays this week. What is more likely to happen for the Texans? C.J. Stroud wins the Rookie of the Year. Texans make the playoffs. D'Amico Ryans is the Coach of the Year, or the Browns pick is in the top ten. I honestly think it's a two-horse race. I think it's between D'Amico and, and, and C.J. And I think that for as much as we saw Bijan Robinson early, uh, I think that C.J. has taken the entire league by storm in terms of you know, being a, a rookie player that's being able to do the things he's able to do and be in total control. And I think that any time that you have a team that has sucked as bad and looked as bad and acted as bad as the Houston Texans organization has for the last multiple years, and you can be contending for a playoff spot and you can be 
competing week to week and being in football games. I think it comes down to one of those two guys, and it very well could be both. I think it, that there's a, a really legit chance that they take those two awards and both of them end up winning. But if I have to pick one, I think right now it's the fact that C.J. Stroud – I think they're hand-in-hand hand too because if, if, if C.J. keeps playing well, that means the team's probably playing well. That means they're probably winning some games. I think C.J.'s going to win Rookie of the Year, but I also think that D'Amico should be the favorite right now for, for, for Coach of the I year. think he's like fourth – uh, D'Amico is. I, I I look to Vegas here, honestly. Like to me, there's there's one surefire answer to this question. I, I think it's C.J. Stroud, Rookie of the Year by a mile. Like C.J. Stroud right now is minus money to win the Rookie of the Year in the Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. You couldn't get minus money for the Texans to make the playoffs. D'Amico's still plus money to win Coach of the Year. He's like plus other, like I think he's plus like a thousand. Who are the other coaches? Because the the coaches that have been there done that. I think it's harder for. For a guy that's already gotten to a Super Bowl or one like Shanahan, McDaniel's up there. I figured he would be number one. Dan Campbell's up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But he did it last year already. Saying these guys already did it last year. That's true. They make the playoffs. Yeah, the way the Lions are going. Yeah, they go like fourteen and three. And they're the top two team in the but, NFC, and the Texans go 9-8. and eight. I, I, I would vote for Campbell. But I think that last year you were in the last game of the regular season with a chance to get in. And, and, and so you knew you were on the up. The Texans were in rock bottom mode to be competing for a playoff spot. They jumped a lot higher, and it covered a lot more ground, in my opinion. No, I think that's fair. It's just Dan Campbell, like, the Lions, I think because of the reputation of the organization, to get them back to the playoffs, if he achieves that, he automatically wins. Like there, were, like I thought, he wins like the popular vote. Yeah, like I, I just think it's going to be a shoe in, just like with who the Lions are, that that's going to be that's going to be the answer. Honestly, Stroud's minus one thirty five to win the offensive rookie of the year. Puka Nakua is plus four fifty. Bijan Robinson's plus five fifty. CJ Stroud's the heavy favorite uh, to be the offensive rookie of the year. You look at coach of the year. D'Amico is plus one thousand. He's tied for the third best odds. Dan Campbell's at plus two fifty. Mike McDaniel's at plus two seventy five. And then D'Amico and Shanahan are both plus plus one thousand. So, like Vegas odds would tell you that the easy answer here is CJ Stroud by by quite a bit. Now, what's an interesting conversation is, okay, D'Amico's plus 1,000 to win the coach of the year. What, what do you think the odds would be for the Texans to make the playoffs? Ah. At this point, I'd say they're probably still plus, like, 2,500. No, I don't think that high. If not way low, like, maybe, I don't know. I would put it at, like, plus 1,750. I, I think it's, like, plus 500. Yeah, you think, I think so? It's, I think it's pretty low. Like, I'm trying to find it real quick here. I, I don't know if they even – Those are those are hard to find early Yeah, I've tried to – I always – like, Vegas Insider is usually a pretty good source to try to find stuff like that. They don't have it up on theirs. So, like, I would guess that the Texans' odds to make the playoffs are, like, plus 550. Here, here are division odds. Actually, plus 550 was too high. The Texans are as low as plus 260 to win the division. Hmm. So, like, if they're plus 260 to win the division, they're probably plus 250. To make the playoffs? Yeah, they're probably pretty similar. Now, 260 is the lowest you can find. Now, the highest you can find is plus 350. So they're somewhere in that range. So the Texans' odds to make the playoffs are probably around plus 250 to about plus 300. Now, they're probably pretty similar to your point because I think that most people that bet in, like, Vegas handicaps, I don't think that they would view the Texans as, a cha- like, a wild card team. They would view them more as an AFC South champion team. So I bet you that these are fair odds. So the Texans, by Vegas standards, Somewhere between plus 260 to plus 350 have much better odds than D'Amico at plus 1,000 to win Coach of the Year. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? And that's again, they could be hand in hand because if this team is yeah. going to win the division, or if they, then then we're talking about the the conversation we just had with Dan Campbell and and, and, and taking notice nationally. If you're going to win the division and you're going to be a playoff team, and you've been as bad as this team and organization have been, D'Amico Ryan's right there. To, to, well, if they if they make the playoffs, D'Amico will absolutely win coach. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think the Campbell, from, the Campbell no, conversation think, think factors right back it, in. It, it, say, but, because they, because of the length of time since – if you talk about the, the, the de- how long it's been since the Lions made the playoffs. If the Lions go 14-3, and three, they're the top seed in the NFC, or even the Dolphins. If the Dolphins go 14-3 and three, and they're the top seed in the AFC, I think that Campbell and or McDaniel would win Coach of the Year over a 9-8 and eight AFC South Championship but, but, coach. But to your guys' point, like to what, or to what Joel said, like – the, the the Lions were a game away from making the playoffs last year. To then then make the yeah. playoffs is a jump. Same thing with the Dolphins. They made the playoffs last year to be the number one seed. It's a jump. But you're talking about the second worst right. team in the NFL. I think they're to two then, separate conversations, though. Now, like, I understand that they do like have parallels. A There's a lot of like similarities to the conversation well, here. Serial will GM of the year, but it's not like sure. turnaround of the year. It absolutely be the Texans. Like turnaround of the year, you go from winning four games to now nine games. You win a division, or you sneak into the playoffs and nine wins. That's the turnaround of the year. But is it coach of the year over a guy who won 14 That's, games and has a to- his see, has the top seed in one of the conferences? The one thing, not that anybody that has a vote takes this much time to put this much effort into looking at this. But if you looked at just the odds at the start of the year for the win totals, and you look at the Lions, a lot of people projected that they were going to win the division. So if they win the division, if they have a successful year, then we already knew that they were going to do that. If you look at, what was it, five and a half or six for the Texans, and suddenly they're they're going to win the division. Then I think that that has the oomph that people that the voters are looking for. Yeah, it, I, it would be fascinating. Like honestly, I, it's kind of tempting to get in on yeah. D'Amico plus. I think, I think the, the odds for good. D'Amico are good. I, I rather like if I had to bet one of these. Like okay, that's the one. Stroud's getting minus money. I think he will win, but there's not really tremendous value there. Texans winning the division. At, if you can get it at plus three hundred, plus three fifty, like that's cool. But if you win the division, there's a very good chance D'Amico Ryans is going to like be a serious contender for Coach of the Year, and that's yeah. plus one thousand. Plus, plus, if the Texans don't win the division, D'Amico's not going to win Coach of the Year. No, they have to win. The, I think they. Yeah. I don't think you can just be a wild. What if they get? You don't think the if they play. got in? I, I think he. I think he's. It's. I think it's. He's, he's in the conversation no, if they get in. Def, he's in the conversation now. I agree that he's in the conversation. But over a 14-win Dolphin team. The number one seed in the AFC, a 14-win Lion team, number one team in the NFC, I think that's coach of the year. But I still think the schedule matters and the fact that we're talking about a 14-win. But I think that, that, that's a good hypothetical. But in the division and with the, with the schedule that the Dolphins have and looking at what the Lion, with the Lions, I don't see them being that dominant to where I think that if, the Tex, if they don't win 14 games and the Texans make the playoffs, I think – D'Amico's in the conversation until the end. He's definitely in the conversation, but being in the conversation, winning it. Sure it is, but I, th- I actually think he'd be the favorite if they get into the playoffs and those teams don't win 14 yeah. games. It, it, I wonder what that barometer is. Like 11 wins? Like that's a much different conversation there. I wonder what the odds would be for Browns picking in the top 10. So like CJ's minus whatever to win rookie of the year. Texans to make the playoffs probably around plus 300, plus 350. D'Amico coach of the year is plus 1,000. Where would you have Browns picking in the top 10? Uh, at this point, it's probably close to plus 1,000, if not Huh. Much higher. I don't know the way. To, the uh, way that Sean's bailing on them. Yeah, I like, would go about plus five fifty, plus six hundred. Like I think the odds are greater that the Texans win the division than the Browns finish in the top ten. Yeah. Okay. So I wrote this question. Today. Probably plus five hundred. Then I'm gonna go plus five hundred. Does it say anything that like as I as I wrote this that I never it never once crossed my mind 
to include Will Anderson win Defensive Rookie of the Year? I think it, that's, I think it's it Jalen Carter's to lose once. now. Yeah, I think to me, well, it's see, like, Will Anderson's probably plus three fifty, plus four hundred to win Defensive Rookie. Actually, he might have went down to like plus five hundred. I would I would put money on D'Amico coach of the year before Will Anderson defensive rookie of the I year would too. because the yeah. odds are the odds are better plus 1000 and I think it's more likely to happen. I, yeah. I think that it was a t- it was two guys at the start of the year but Jalen Carter jumped out of the gate so quickly and got the results he got the he got home so to speak by getting some of those key stats that people look at that now Will Anderson is chasing a bigger deficit. Yep. 713-780-ESPN. What do you think is most likely to happen? 713-780-3776. Christian Javier on the mound tonight in a critical game 3 pitching opposite a future Hall of Famer in Max Scherzer. What do you need to see from Christian Javier tonight? Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Head on over to Little Woodrow's. Catch the game this evening. They have game days covered better than anyone else. It's my favorite sports bar in Houston. I'm there every week. It's also your spot to catch the Strohs in the playoffs, especially the Edo location. Within walking distance of Minute Maid Park, big parties before the game, during the game, and after the game. Large patios with HDTVs, jumbotrons with all the sports you want to watch, and never a bad seat in the house. Fall weather will be here before we know it. It's here now. Postseason baseball here now. Football going on nearly every day. It's Woodrow's season. Little Woodrow's is a casual backyard bar that you can find all over H-Town. Game day bucket specials, daily drink specials, great food. Whether it's a location with a kitchen or a spot with food trucks, it's fantastic. Good times and colder beer, local bites. It's Southern Hospitality at its finest. Make Little Woodrow's your happy hour spot, your game day location, or just where you relax on the patio with good drinks and good company. And it's pet friendly. Three new locations coming soon. Sugarland, Webster, new one in Edo. Little Woodrow's, where sports come alive and good times never end. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Everyone loves our chicken pot pie. Chicken pot, chicken pot, chicken pot pie. Listening to the Killer Bees, broadcasting live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar. Now, now, back to Blank and Brenham. Lewis swings and misses. Christian Javier gets out of another jam with a Houdini act. Strikeout number nine in the biggest moment of the game, and the Astros maintain their five-nothing lead to the sixth. That was the last time Christian Javier threw a pitch this postseason. That was his last pitch in the 9-1 win against Minnesota in Game 3 of the ALDS, in which he went five shutout innings, allowing just one hit, striking out nine. He did walk five in those five innings. It was also Javier's third start in his postseason career. It's his last three appearances. And in those three postseason starts, he has not given up a run in any of them in just in just two hits. Now, I don't think it's fair to expect that Christian Javier again. At some point, he's going to give up a run as a starter in the postseason. But what do you need to see tonight out of Christian Javier? What gives you confidence the Astros can win a game in the ALCS with his performance tonight? Yeah, I think, Jeremy, in a, in a, a certain way, this is kind of like C.J. Stroud's streak without an interception. At some point, it's going to end. And I think that when you're playing in a, in a ballpark like you're playing at in Arlington where the ball travels, against the best offensive lineup in the American League for the regular season that's hot right now. I think it would be unrealistic to say I need to see a shutout from him again tonight. I think it is realistic to hope for and will need to see two runs or less, five innings or more. 
and I think that that's what you have to see. You have to see him push to the point where he doesn't do what Fromber does, but he keeps you in a ball game to where it gives your offense confidence that they're not only in the game, but hopefully they're in, a, in the control of the situation if they score first. I, I, I said if he gives you five innings and two runs, is that good enough? I think that that is, and obviously the offense has to do their part, but they have to do their part regardless, and they haven't done it to this point. So I would say five innings, two runs, he's done enough for you to do what a pitcher has to do. 713-780-3776. What do, what do you need to see from Javier tonight to give you confidence that you win game three of the ALCS? For me, it's more, far more the runs than the innings pitched. I, I like your line, five innings, two runs, I'd be, I'd be good with. Uh, and then turn it over to the bullpen, which has been, knock on wood, pretty good for you in the playoffs, especially the key cogs in the back end uh, for you as well. I don't believe Christian Javier is at his best when he's trying to go deep into games, actually, because I, I, I need a Christian Javier that's nibbling a little bit. I, I think that's the best Javier. Even when he's walking three over five innings, that's the Javier that he has to pitch to because he can't beat you with fastball right down the middle. He right. has to be fastball top of the zone. His slider, like, yeah, you want it early in the count to be able to like spot it in the zone to try to get ahead of hitters, but he also needs swing and miss out of the zone. He's going to throw three, two pitches that are out of the zone, whether it's a fastball up, whether it's a slider away. So I don't need Javier to go deep into games, especially in the postseason. Regular season's a, a different story. So, innings is a side. I, I don't, if he goes four innings, two runs, I'd be okay-ish with that. Now, five innings, obviously better. The more innings, the, the better. Five innings, two runs, I'd be very happy with from Christian Javier. You should get to Max Scherzer from more I was going to say, especially going innings. against this Max Scherzer. And, like, Say they say sure. I don't think Scherzer's going to go five innings. They say the baseline for him 70, 70 pitches. But let's say both of them go five innings and they both give up two runs. Okay, like I, I think the well, Astros win the last four innings of that game. Well, that's what we're talking about the last couple of days. We still haven't done what we wanted to see as the game plan for winning the series, which was tax the starters pitch wise so that you could get to the into their bullpen deeper than that they've gotten so far, so that you can exploit their biggest weakness. Uh, Ocho says uh, Blankers is nicely saying the ro- the Rangers are going to rock Javier. Tonight. No, I'm not. That's his guy. <laughs> now we know it's the real Ocho. But at the same point, I know that he does not like and trust Javier. I, I just think that, look, this is a good offensive lineup. I-, I believe that, you know, as good as Javier has been, but the combination of that ballpark, that team right now, the way they're playing, I, I believe that they got a-, a-, a boatload of confidence. If you only give up two runs, I think he's done a- he's done a good job. Alex says uh, need at least six innings from Javi tonight. Two runs or less. I don't agree with the six Why innings. Why do you? That's asking no, a lot. Because, the, you hit the day off. Javier, yeah. yeah. Like, the bullpen, I feel, can cover the four innings. Like, if, like Honestly, I think you're asking three three guys to cover four innings, too. If this is game three, you're down 2 nothing. If this is a close game, if you have a lead – and you get to the sixth inning and Javier's out of the game, you have three guys that are covering four innings. I don't care how you do it, but a combination of Hector Neris, yep. Brian Abreu, and Ryan Presley are three guys that are eating four innings. No question about it because, you know what, you can't run the risk of letting that league get away. You can't run and ride with the question mark of which – Phil Maton are we going to get? Is Ryan Stanek going to be effective? You know, are, are the numbers, that I, the buttons I'm going to push and taking a, a, a guy that's been a starter all year long and expect them to keep the game, keep you in lead in a game and not give up a run like Hunter Brown, like J.P. France? No, I, I, you're right. It's three guys. It's, it's three innings or more. It's slightly more than three innings. And those are the guys that Dusty trusts. That's the circle of dust right now. It's four guy or three guys to eat four innings. If if this game is tight, if it's close, if you have a lead, small lead, 
you get to the sixth inning, I, I don't want to see anybody else except for Neris, Abreu, and then obviously you're saving Presley for the end. And if it's Neris for an inning and two-thirds or two innings, it's Neris. If it's Brian Abreu that has to get an inning and two-thirds, it's, it's Abreu. You could go a little bit deeper with an extra guy or two if you're up three runs, or around three runs, but the minute some guy gets on base mm-hmm. – you got to cut that off because you can't run the risk of making that a one-run game. It, it might depend on where you're at in the order, too, with a three-run game. Like, if it's a three-run game top of the order coming up, I'm not messing with it. Like, I'm not messing for waiting for trouble. Uh, somebody on the Twitch asked earlier, Javier goes six, game is tied, who's coming out of the bullpen for you? Neris. Neris, it's easy. To me, it depends where you're at in the order. If it's the top of the order, I'm going to bray you in that spot over Neris. If, if you have Simeon, Turner, and then Carter coming up in the seventh inning and the game's tied at two, I'm going Brian to bray you in that spot. I'm not batting an eye. I know that's what you've yeah. said previously. No that's, no, that's probably true. But I also believe that more times than not, Naris, we call him Houdini, but Naris, he, his stuff, it, it translates. It, it, it just gets it done. I'm still fine going Naris there. I understand it, and I wouldn't have a problem or a qualm with it if you did go to Brian Abreu, but I believe that Naris in that situation I, I have total confidence in. Would you guys be fine if they put if they went Abreu, but they send him out for the sixth, would you want him back out? For the next inning, uh, as down, well? depends on how the inning and goes. Just see how he does. Yeah, you see, you, you play it by ear. I and have like no, Naris ready to go. I don't like it. If a Bray, you somebody has to go. I mean, you're getting twelve outs with three guys, so somebody's going to have to go up down at least once. Who, That's who's true. the other that, guy? Yeah, like if they Dust, both if, did it. If Dusty doesn't take that approach that you guys want them to take, who's the fourth then, guy? Then who's the, the fourth, fourth guy? Is it, guy? Is it Maton? Probably the way yeah, he, Dusty's he, managed, he it likes feels him. like it's Maton. He likes Maton. I think if you're asking that question from who does Dusty go with, yeah. it's Maton. It yeah. might be my answer too, though. Like it, it, the question might be Maton or Montero. Maybe you throw a hundred Brown in the conversation. I don't like Montero I, in that situation. I so it's Maton. I just don't trust him. It's Maton. Yeah, it's Maton. Well, you wouldn't throw Stanek in there. No, no. They, they they like they only use Stanek in mop up duty. Like they they he's not a postseason pitcher. It's just Bay. weird because before he got hurt uh, on the base. He was pitching maybe better than he was, probably his best all year. I think he walks too many guys for Dusty, uh, and that's why Dusty doesn't use him in the postseason. Remember when I used to say? I he, think it's an analytical thing. It's possible, but remember when I used to say within four pitches you can tell which standing yeah, you're going to get. You could, and it's it's and it's still true today that he comes in and the minute he doesn't locate and have have good command of that that splitty. Yeah. You, you, you can basically count on him walking somebody. And you can't deal with that in the playoffs nope. with the new three-batter rule. Like, right. I mean, good. if you can know within four pitches which standing you're going to get, and it's you're bad standing, and you have to watch it for three hitters. like It's one thing if you're facing hurt. Minnesota's lineup, but if you're facing Texas's lineup, no. Uh-uh. 8437, I don't like this question, 8437, but I'm going to read it anyways. Let's say Javi comes out and immediately gives up three in the first but gets oh. out of it. Do you stick with him or pull the plug early? I think you got to pull the plug early. I think this you're down 2-0. I think that – you know, you've got enough guys that can eat innings that did it for you for six and a third the other day. I think that, well, I guess you could send him back out there I, because that's what he did with Fromber. He could probably he probably yeah. do the same. If I'm answering for Dusty, he's going to send him back out there to start the next inning. If I'm answering for me, I, I just can't take that risk. I probably who's available. I probably go with him. I think everybody's available except JP France. That's the one that I have a question about. Like, I would is assume he's available I think it's today. Brown. He threw I think thirty-eight Brown. pitches two games ago. But, like, we saw this with Christian Javier in 2020, 2021. Like, I think when, he goes Hunter Brown first. I think he does Hunter Brown, too. I, I, honestly, I would guess J.P. France, unless an emergency situation, is not available. Like, when Hunter Brown was – I mean, Threw when Christian Javier was doing the in and out of the bullpen and rotation, he was only available, like, one every four or five days. I would assume that Hunter – I mean, that J.P. France is in, like, a very similar situation because he's stretched out as a starter and doesn't really prepare like a bullpen guy. So – like, I'd assume JP's not available. 
Yeah, I I have a hard time imagining that JP is available today. I agree. Yeah. The question that I have, I'm going to be watching for this early. Does Jose Arquiti start the game in the bullpen, or does he start the game in the dugout? He well, better start the game. I, I think he starts the game in the dugout. Well, then he's starting game four. Yeah, no, I think he is. I, I, unequivocally, in my mind, he is He is starting game four. There's been some talk about Verlander on short rest in a game four, Don't, and you're down 3-0. I, I hate that. I do, too. I despise it, I think, and I think it's a recipe for disaster. I and I know that... You know, you're not supposed to be thinking ahead either. But I, I just believe you have enough pitching with the roster set up the way it is and because you had, you're coming off a day off. Aside from J.P. France, you have so many guys to choose from. I don't – or Keedy should be in the dugout. I think it reduces your chance of winning four games in a row. Like, okay. I, I don't want to have the 3-0 conversation. Yeah. Yep. But when you're down 3-0, you have to win four games in a row. Yeah, you have to win game four, but you also have to win game four, game five, game six, and game seven. Does Verlander on short rest make you more likely to win game four, game five, game six, and game seven? Nope. I, nope. I don't think nope. so. Nope. Like, if nope. you hope Urquidy pitches well, you hope you score runs, and then you get a fully rested Verlander, and then, you know, whatever you want to do after that. Hopefully it's not a problem you have to worry about, though. 713-780-ESPN. If you had a choice between Altuve or Tucker to get going for the rest of the series, who do you need more? 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Sweet Sassy Molassie. John Stockton says, hey, look at me. I'm a little teapot. I'll run right up your dress. But then Carl Malone says, sweet Sassy Molassie, you are going to pay a lot. You're back in the hive with the Killer Bees. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at Wakefield Crowbar, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Wakefield Crowbar is your spot to watch the game in about an hour and a half. They have daily specials, includes game days, boneless wings, white tee shots, Michelob Ultras, oh, Ultras, back in my hood, high noon buckets as well, also happy hour specials, 30 more minutes to get involved in those though. A great happy hour, best in town. This is your spot to hang out every day, happy hour 2 to 6. It's a great spot to hang out every day, like tomorrow, Thirsty Thursday. Uh, just fun all around. Uh, good spot to watch your sports, wall-to-wall TVs, giant 24-foot television as well. Uh, all around, great spot to, to watch everything that you want to watch. All right, if you could only choose one, because Altuve's been reeling a little bit, Tucker's been reeling a little bit. If you can only choose one to get hot for the rest of the series, who would it be? 713-780-3776. Before you uh, answer this, Blankers, uh-huh. uh, Dusty Baker met with the media here a little bit ago. Uh, Brian McTaggart tweeted this. Uh, Dusty on moving Brantley up to second and Tucker down to sixth. Well, just through much deliberation, actually, with myself, Brantley's swinging pretty good, very well, and he's had some success against Scherzer. Tucker hasn't had that much success against Scherzer, and you know down where he is. Abreu is hot. Alvarez is hot. Try to put as many guys on base in front of Alvarez as possible, and so that's what went into my decision. We'll see how it goes today. and depends on who is pitching tomorrow and what I do, but that was my thought process. What do you think of Dusty's thought process? I, I think that at this point he gave you an explanation. I think you're kind of on to something, too, about you know how, what, what he wants to do and where he wants the lefties to hit and how he wants to handle this. I, I just look at this and say, look, we talked about this, and we hope we didn't have to get to a point. You just need your best offensive team in the lineup, and then you need to stagger the lineup accordingly. I, I don't mind it. I think that Brantley right now is, as we've talked about, whether we give him the, the, the easy label of just a professional hitter. But that dude, he's raking, and, and he's, he's where he needs to be. This is where he would have been all season long if Bagwell's prognostication was right and he was ready from the start of the season on. I think he'd have been in the two-hole because 
that's when healthy, what Michael Brantley brings to the table. It's unfortunate Tuck is slumping, so you slide him down a little bit. I think you're right. I think questioning whether Tucker should be behind Abreu or not is the legit question. But other than that, I'm fine with what Dusty said. Yeah, Abreu's one for seven so far in the LCS with four strikeouts and seven at-bats. Abreu does have better success against Scherzer slightly than Tucker Abreu, or against Scherzer. Abreu's seven for 25 against Scherzer in his career with one home run. Kyle Tucker's one for six, but has walked twice. Like, six at-bats isn't a huge sample. Uh, you know how I say it, feel about this. I would have Tucker in front of uh, Jose Abreu. Uh, I don't think that – I think it's a little disrespectful to Kyle Tucker, too. He would never do this to Jose Altuve. He would never do it to, like, Alex Bregman. Uh, I think it's a little disrespectful he's doing it for Kyle Tucker, but I think it's Dusty's way of getting lefty-righty, lefty-righty, split up the lefties. Now, that said, like some of you weirdos with the whole Martin maldonado yiner Diaz conversation, I'm not going to be rooting for Jose Abreu to go no. for four or three no. strikeouts. I hope he makes me look like an idiot and goes four for four with three dongs. Like some of you weirdos that like Yiner and hope for Maldi struggles, and some of you weirdos who like Maldi and root for Yiner struggles. It's bizarre. It's, it's just unnormal behavior. Anytime you root for negative results for the team that you want to win, it's just it's it's ridiculous because of the fact that never in all my years of cheering for any team have I wished that one guy didn't have success because I, at, at the end of the day I want the team to win the game. I mean I don't care how they get about a win tonight, just get the damn win. That's what's the most important thing. I don't care who does it, how it's done. Just get the win at the end of the day and live to see another day with a better chance to win the series. All right, who do you rather get hot? Altuve, Tucker. Texan Matt says Tucker, more patience in the box, better chance to steal. You can only pick one. One continues to struggle. One gets hot. Altuve, Tucker, who's your pick? Altuve to me because he's leading off. He's going to get more at-bats. He's going to set the table for a, you know, a, a plethora of guys in the in following him that can knock him in. If it's not Tucker, especially if you move Tucker back, you still got Jordan. You still got Bregman who's making good contact. You still got guys in the middle of the lineup like a Brantley, too, now when him being moved up. If Altuve's doing his thing, getting the extra at-bats, and setting the table, aside from him making a dumb base-running mistake, you're going to have guys that can knock him in, whether it's Tucker or not. So I'll lean Altuve. Yeah, I think this is uh, – I have a heavy lean towards Altuve, and it's because of where they're at in the lineup. Like, Jose Altuve is going to bat more than any other spot, at least a tie, than any other spot in the lineup. The number one guy in the lineup versus the number six guy today in the lineup with Kyle Tucker, you got to go with the leadoff, dude. Especially, like, especially the fact that he's hitting in front of Jordan. We talked about it earlier. You're a best offensive player. Figure out where you want your best offensive player and then construct the lineup around that best offensive player. Right now, Jordan, four of his six home runs in the playoffs are solo shots. One was in a blowout game, and the other one was, like, in the third inning of game one against Minnesota when Rocco Baldelli was still challenging Jordan Alvarez for some reason. I don't believe that Bruce Bochy is going to allow Jordan Alvarez to beat him. I believe you have a runner at first and second one-out situation that they're not going to get Jordan Alvarez anything to hit. Two, two ways to look at this. Whoever's hitting behind Jordan needs to be clutch, in this case, it's Jose Abreu, which I don't want to open up that can of worms again. And then also, Jordan does have to be patient. Like, he does have to be patient he, in the box, he too. He really because, wasn't in game two. Like, he wasn't. It, it, well, game one. Game one, sorry. Game because one, yeah. he gets into – because I think – he knows that. Like, if I can tell you right now that Bruce Bochy is not going to give Jordan Alvarez anything to hit with runners in scoring position, Jordan Alvarez certainly knows that he's not going to get anything to hit with runners in scoring position. So he's trying to chase. He's trying to create. He's trying to make something happen. I think it is critical – that even though Bruce Bochy's not going to allow Jordan to beat him, that Jordan does have to stay patient. He looked chazzy in game one. He looked he edgy. Was. He looked like he was pressing. And, and, and I think that, that it can't be his, his mindset and his mentality 
from at-bat to at-bat. He has to know that they're not going to give him the best pitches to hit. And this also, again, lends itself to what you said earlier, which is you know Bochi is a very savvy, veteran, experienced manager. And Bochi, when pitching around Jordan, was going to challenge a Kyle Tucker behind him. Well, if you're going to challenge Kyle Tucker or Jose Abreu, it's not going to change Bochi's mentality much because I don't think either guy right now puts fear in his heart. But of the two, if you ask Bruce Bochi, I think he's more fearful of Kyle Tucker than he is of, of uh, Jose Abreu. I don't think he's going to allow Jordan to beat him, quite I frankly. Agree with that. And that's kind of what my rationale was of batting Jordan first or second. Like, who cares if there's nobody on base whenever he's batting first or second? Because anytime there's going to be somebody on base, he's not going to pitch to Jordan Alvarez. Now, he's not going to intentionally walk him. He'll, he'll try to let Jordan beat himself. He'll throw pitches out of the zone, balls in the dirt. He'll force Jordan Alvarez to that's work That's what I'm alluding walk, to, yeah. But he's not going to get pitches no. in the zone. Bochi, by right now, because of the fact that there isn't anybody else you know hitting the way Jordan is and no one's even close to hitting with with being a hot bat right now that I think it's just six of one half a dozen of another in Bochi's mind I'm still gonna let one of those two guys try and beat me as opposed yeah. to the big guy that's just been crushing it. I mean we watch the Astros every game we, we've seen them every playoff game if I'm managing against the Astros I am forcing anybody else but Jordan no Alvarez question. to beat me. If there's a critical spot, I'm first and second, Jordan, you're getting four pitches out of the zone. If you get yourself out, you get yourself out, but I'm not losing to Jordan Alvarez. I'll lose to Jose Abreu. I'll lose to Kyle Tuck. I'm not losing to Jordan Alvarez. It's a mistake that manager after manager makes. Uh, 6181, he says Altuve over Tucker. If one guy could get hot because he's ahead of Jordan, I think it's a really good point. Uh, 4187 also says Altuve was swinging at the first pitch, which is 100% fact. Uh, someone else saying that um, – 5882 says that Jordan was sick game one. Dusty kind of had those weird quotes about that, like, yeah, you know, he's not feeling well. He feels better today than he did yesterday. I have a virus. Everybody has a virus. You have a virus. Uh, Jordan met with the media earlier. Greg Bailey of uh, Channel 13 tweeted this. He said, Jordan, quote, physically I feel well. I feel fine physically. About that other stuff, I don't really want to give many details about that. It's in the past. It's something intimate within the team. I don't really know how that got out. What in the world is going on in the Astros clubhouse? Well, this is another deal with Jordan and Dusty, obviously, as part of it. But, I mean, what is exactly what does that mean? I don't know. Like, Is this a HIPAA thing? Had, I, it shouldn't be coming out and I we don't know a, what it is? I had one person like have a theory. One of my buddies' theory was that it was Dusty telling Jordan to stop being soft. Like maybe he was like a little bit... Like under the weather, there was th- there was uh, some reports that he didn't come out for the pregame stuff in game one, yeah. and maybe he had like a cough, and maybe he was milking it a little bit, and that Dusty basically called him out through the media. That's a I, Van Gundy. I move. don't I don't think it's a bad theory. Jordan Jordan can have some tendencies like that at times, like sore neck in Tampa gets flown home, the the, the haze in Atlanta and gets hospitalized. He gets the Rolls Royce treatment. All the which, time. which to be fair, to, to be fair, Jordan Alvarez deserves sure. the Rolls Royce treatment. It's why the Jordan rules exist. But maybe you know, maybe Dusty was playing the, the media a little bit because Jordan very clearly is not happy that he got out. Dusty Baker was very quick when no one else knew about it to talk about it. So there was inside sources that told, that told Ken Rosenthal and Chandler Rowe. I think it's a, I think it's a decent theory. Not saying I 100 percent believe it. But Look, I think there's some, he wouldn't uh, be the first coach to use the media yeah. as a pawn to get messages across. Yeah, I think that there might be something to uh, Jordan, you know, maybe milking it a little bit and Dusty getting. Hey, whatever, du- hey, it worked though, right? <laughs> the Dusty does work. Jordan hit two home runs, yeah. uh, single handedly kept the Astros in that game, but they did lose it. Somebody, uh, <laughs> I tweeted wrong answers only, and somebody said clearly Jordan's pregnant. I mean, it's intimate. 
Something that you don't want to tell other people. You know, you don't have a gender reveal without people knowing. All right, 713-780-ESPN. What do you need to see from Javier? Altuve, Tucker, what do the Astros need to do to get a Game 3 victory and make this thing a series? 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees broadcasting live from Wakefield Crowbar. i got to save you some money, though. Uh, it's going to be a good night. Astros are going to win a little bit later. But first, you're going to save money. I'm a homeowner. Most of you are homeowners. So we can all relate that home insurance rates are stupid right now. It's ridiculous. It's super expensive. We hate that. But it's time now to stop that insanity. Grab your phone because you're about to text TGS Insurance Agency. TGS is the fastest-growing agency in Texas. Why? Because they make saving you money fast and easy. Music to my ears. Their instant quoting system shops the market for you and delivers a proposal in 15 seconds. I love when other people work for me. Like I said, fast. You can't afford to wait any longer. The time to save is right now. Take the phone. Text the word money, M-O-N-E-Y, to 232323. The TGS system will ask for your address. Just send that back to them. You'll get to your proposal with excellent coverage with, within 15 seconds. It's easy. TGS is winning for people everywhere, up the coast to the woodlands, from Katy to Cypress all the way to Beaumont. TGS customers save big. Over 35,000 of your neighbors in the area trust TGS, and with thousands of five-star reviews, you can too. It is simple, great, fast, even better, easy, I love that, and big savings. That's why TGS is the gold standard. Don't be left paying more. Get your savings right now. Just text money to 232323, M-O-N-E-Y, to 232323. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the best sports radio station in Houston. I've got to prove that I'm I'm racing no matter what you tell me. Live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, located at Wakefield Crowbar, it's the Killer Bees. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Josh Chevy back at uh, the station today because we have Josh George on site. What? Josh George? <laughs> I got Josh Chevy and Joe George mixed up. That's what happens whenever I talk fast. You got to stick with the hip, 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 Jose hip, Jose Jorge. Jorge. Hip, hip, Jorge. Just wait till car wreck of the day. Josh is going with a little uh, instrumental version of Suave. I didn't send him a link. Let's go. I like this. I'll take the Are album. you in a good mood when you hear this song? Always. Are you in a good mood, Blankers, when yeah. you hear this song? Yeah. Catchy. Uh, it's a, it's it's puts me in a good mood. Instantly. I think it's the best one we have. I could be I could be at a ten out of ten in terms of like madness. I hear this song, I'm happy. I'm at a ten ten happiness. So I have good vibes now. Ten ten. I have good vibes of uh, Christian Javier pitching well tonight against. Uh, We've been Texas good about Rangers. kind of when we when we challenged him in the past too and said he's got to step up or he stepped up and then we went back to the song because he stepped up. So I'm going to believe that he's going to step up again. Yeah, I have uh, good vibes whenever I hear that Christian Javier music. Hopefully he can uh, continue being the Christian Javier in the postseason that he's been all the time. Uh, okay, 5399, I can't read that text message. Uh, 1483 says, treat Adolis Garcia the same as uh, Jordan Alvarez. I disagree with that. He's I don't think struggling. Adolis Garcia has major pop. But I am not fearful of Adolis Garcia like I would be for Jordan Alvarez. If I'm looking at that Rangers lineup, fear Easy. factor for me – I mean, Seager scares me a bit. Simeon just crushes Astros say, pitching. To me, it's easy, and I know I know who you like too. But to me, if you just go body work for the season and then also go for right now, Corey Seager is at the top of the list, yeah. and Simeon's right behind him. That one-two punch is devastating. 
It is. It's, I, I fear them more than I fear Adolis Garcia. Now, where I fear Adolis Garcia is leaving one in his sweet spot because he'll hit it 450 feet away. But you can get Adolis Garcia out if you execute pitches. Whereas well, you talk about body language. He's, he's been tuckering his at-bats. When he pops up or he makes an out, you can see it's getting to him. The, uh, this kid, Evan Carter, also is worried. Yeah, that's why I thought like, you were going. The dude can just hit, man. Like, that guy's going to be a player for the Rangers. I, I think uh, I'm going to – I'm gonna I'm gonna bet him next year as the American League Rookie of the Year because he didn't have enough plate appearances this year. Yeah, he's a that guy's a stud, man. I'm for that for sure. And then what he did defensively in Game One was ridiculous. You know what they compare him? They uh, compare him to in uh, Texas, who his player comp is Kyle Tucker. Ooh, his his comp's Kyle Tucker. Now I think he's a little speedier than Tucker. I think he's got a ways to go to be as good a hitter as Kyle Tucker. Maybe not playoff Kyle Tucker. Smaller, right? I don't think he's as big or as tall. Now Tucker's not like a Adonis. But I think taller but, is – Yeah, I think he's taller. Yeah. I do think he's taller. But Carter's like tall-ish, skinny. He's fast. He's kind of 5 tool He can hit for average. He can hit for power. I, I like Evan – I like the Rangers' future, period. I was just going to say, they're not going anywhere. 4187 says Leota Tavares. Leota Tavares terrifies me. Like, even before the series, that dude just like – he can also hit Astro pitching. He's got enough pop to get one out of the park. He's fast where if he, like, gets a little – you know, if he gets one off the end of the bat or you get one on his hands and he hits a little dribbler, he's fast enough yeah. to beat it out. I, Leota Tavares is by far the best Tavares in that family. He's the cousin of Willie really, Tavares. Yeah. He's far better than Willie Tavares ever was. I mean, you know, my whole thing before the series was I just I wasn't impressed by him. But then he went yard off of Verlander, and you look at it and go, okay, well, I, I don't like that. But I, I, don't, want, I don't want to believe in him, I I can play. but you've got to respect him. I mean, he's probably one of the best nine-hole hitters in baseball. He's got he's got close to a 750 OPS. There's not many dudes that have a next to a 750 OPS hitting out of the nine hole. And he was one of the better prospects for the Rangers for a long time. Like didn't really had some injuries, didn't live up to some expectations early. But he, he's he's a toolsy guy and he can play. And he's having a good year. He does scare me in the nine hole. I'm scared of everybody in this lineup. There's not an lineup. easy out. Like even Josh Young's batting eighth for them. Like that guy can play. The Carter story, maybe not with the injuries or anything like that, seems like the, the, a similar story to what we were talking about, uh, Royce uh, from the from the Twins. Yeah, too. Lewis. Yeah, Royce Lewis, where you, you get a guy that you know you were you were thinking was going to turn into something, and it took a little longer to develop. But then, and that's also Tucker. Remember when could Tucker first call, got called up, and I was critical of him. I was thinking it was going to happen sooner than it did, but it eventually did. But that kid looks like he's got all the tools. Yeah, it took Tucker into his second year. Like once he got to like his two hundred plate appearances, he, he was really good. Like he, he turned into a really good player after that first hundred first year. Actually, it was like the first couple of months of that year. Uh, one of the big things that bothers me with A.J. Hinch is how his refusal to play Kyle Tucker over Redick back in the playoffs. Uh, that was what? That was Similar 19. to Dusty Baker's refusal to play Yiner Diaz yeah. with Maldonado. I think that's uh, – yeah, I think it's a good comp. I think yeah. a, I think A.J. Hinch's Yiner Maldi was was yep. Redick and, uh, and Kyle Tucker. Now, did it cost them? I don't know. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. You think the Astros win tonight? I do. I think they're going to win tonight. I'm going to say right now – I wanted to say 4-1. I think they're going to win 4-1, maybe 4-2. But I, I just feel like this team is going to put it together and they're going to carry some momentum from the way they played in Arlington all season long. And I feel good about Javier. And I, don't, I just don't feel good about Max Scherzer being sharp Max, Max Hall of Fame type Max Scherzer or even just full season Max Scherzer. one nothing Astros. one nothing Astros. Really? Wow. I mean, it's just my stock answer. One nothing Astros force uh, game four. Eventually, they'll win in Joe? seven. That's what the Astros uh, seven five Astros. A little offense, a little offense in that one. Uh, 
What do you think Scherzer does? I Great think, question. I think Scherzer gives you three and two-thirds. I think that he struggles with command. I think he can get out of the game by only giving up two. Scherzer's, his margin for error is massive. Like the, the wide range of what could happen to Scherzer I think is huge. I, I think there's a possibility Scherzer doesn't get out of the first inning and the Astros touch him for five like they did Nate, Nate Evaldi before he had a rehab assignment. I think Scherzer could turn back the clock and be big game Max Scherzer and go five innings of shutout baseball, allow two hits and strike out six. Like I, I could see both scenarios happening in anything in between. Do you think we see Gray after? That's or see tomorrow? No, I don't think he's – no, they, they no, mentioned he's um, not going to start. They, they're going to use him strictly as a bullpen arm. So you could see him either today or tomorrow. Yeah, so it, feel, it feels like it's, it's, it's Haney? Scherzer, Haney, or Dunning. Haney might – And then see, the other Haney, one Haney, starting Haney tomorrow. or Dunning could get game four, right? I think Haney or Dunning are probably the two most likely options in game four. I would lean yeah. Haney. So probably – I think – so Dunning tonight maybe, and then it's – Heaney and Gray They mentioned tomorrow. that Bradford guy has some length. I don't think Gray's a long guy. I think Gray's probably an inning guy because he hasn't yeah. been built up I'd like live, Scherzer was. I'd live to see that. If they could get to those kind of guys early, yeah. that would be fantastic. That's what the Astros haven't been able to do. Like, right. That's, that's the weakness of the Rangers' pin. If they can throw Spores, if they can throw even Chapman, if they can get it to LeClerc, you know, that's much better than the depth of their bullpen. Astros have to touch the depth of the bullpen of the Rangers they have to. in Arlington. All right, let's get to our car wreck of the day. You all right? My leg's broken. The bolt's coming through. Let me see. Let me see. Ah! Give me your f***ing you brick. Where's my f***ing money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. All right. We're re-nominating for Car Wreck of the Day, boys. First one's easy for me, boys. It's the Arizona Diamondbacks' performance oh, last yeah. night because it's one thing <laughs> to lose stink. a playoff game. It's one thing that you give up four spot early and you got to fight to get back. It's another thing when you get... Blown out 10 nothing. you let an infield fly land between three players, and you look like you really struggled to play baseball. Well, I don't know what Longoria was doing on that play. Like, it's ridiculous. A, he's a veteran. He's been playing baseball for, like, everybody's life. Like, you take charge Literally. as a third baseman. Like, you, you take charge as the third baseman. You don't let the pitcher catch you can't, well, off. The, the one thing you don't do is let the pitcher make that play. Yeah, that was, especially as a third baseman, that was brutal for Evelyn Gore. That's a good call. Arizona Diamondbacks, good call. Who you got, Joe George? This is a tough one because I'm not exactly sure who to nominate. So I'm going to start with myself. <laughs> but then I'm going to kind of expand it to you guys a little bit as well because – we're three hours into the show, yeah. and no grief has been given. And I've just realized I've made a major mistake. Well, we just kind of we don't pay of, attention yeah, to you that just, way. That's kind of yeah. Just, which, we just the don't day pay. We, we don't pay enough attention. You don't pay attention to the Twitter when I called the show the bullpen and not the killer bees. Oh, you did that? No, I don't. I, I think I muted you uh, from the ESPN 97.5 account. Oh, from the, that account. No, I didn't that mute that you, account. The tweet I that didn't you notice. Apparently, I did that. You did? Yes. How did you uh, catch it? I literally getting ready for my version of the bullpen. In 10 minutes. My goodness. This is why we don't pay attention to you because you're so focused on you, 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 and bullpen. No, that's not true. And hey, catch the bullpen on the weekends. Hey, catch the bullpen from 6 to 7. We don't get any run and play. I'm not on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) But you can still call it the bullpen. Yeah, well, yeah, because, you know, creativeness. Uh, and because you would promote <laughs> your producers hard before to find. you promote I didn't us. realize that. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it either until just now. So That's I'd like to nominate funny. myself. Man, we, we gave plugs to the, uh, attempted to the murder. I, I, mean, just, I called the show the wrong name. That's I, brutal. I retweeted it, too. I think I did, too. I, did, yes. I, didn't, even, yeah. I didn't even read it. I didn't even start reading those things. You could be writing any. You could be writing Branham and Blank Suck. And I'm just going to be like, 
like Charles Barkley or Ron Burgundy and just retweet that bad boy yep. without even realizing it. Oh, yeah. In certain I think countries, that's, that's attempted murder. I think that's more our fault than your fault. I think it's a, a mixed bag. Man, that's really that's tough. I'm going to I'm gonna nominate uh, Jose Abreu hitting ahead of Kyle Tucker. I don't like this at all. It's disrespectful to Kyle Tucker. But nothing bad's happened yet. I know. So but, uh, I'm a Nostra Branham. It's a near miss and a bird, but it isn't an accident yet. So it's you're, not nom- you're nominating it for tomorrow. Sure. Yeah, but also like today. Jose Abreu's going to be up in a big spot in the ninth. I can just fill it in my plums. I'm going to go. With I can fill it. Is it like a, a bluish hue? Uh, I haven't checked. Okay. I think I think the Diamondbacks is the winner. Pathetic. I think we got to own it ourselves. I think so it's, it's us. Yeah, I'm going to nominate. It's us. I'm not. I'm not even nominating you for this show. I'm going to nominate Blankers and I for not. Yeah, I think this. it's us. All right. Yep. <laughs> I, think, I think. I think we absolutely need to, to own that one. Yeah, that's on us. That's yep. our bad. We're our car wreck of the day. Hopefully, the Astros aren't tomorrow's car wreck of the day. Hopefully, Max Scherzer. Hopefully, the Astros the are the heroes the we all need right now. All right, does it for us. Thanks to Josh Chevy for doing all the hard work back at the Gal Studios. Joe George, our on-site engineer, do it all. He's blank on Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Joe George in the bullpen. The killer B, come up next. He is. Uh, killer Jorge. Yeah. Hip, hip Jorge. Yeah. Next on the bullpen on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 975.com. If you want in, you have to audition. Hi, I'm Carrie Dubeck, and I'm reading for the role of Man at Party Who Smells Fart. 